0: This podcast is inspired and presented by Ziggler, the most trusted name in personal development, influencing over 250 million people worldwide. Let them inspire your true performance at Ziggler.com.
1: Ziegler. Inspiring true performance. This is Blake Lindsey, and I want to welcome you to our Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Have you made a big purchase before? You know, like a car house or boat. If so, then you may be able to relate to Zig's experience. Zig bought a car from a professional salesperson. The reason I express the word professional is because the sales guy was very good and Zig went to school on him. And you can too. Zig will point out many valuable sales lessons along the way while entertaining us with his trademark storytelling. Let's enjoy listening to Zig Ziglar.
0: I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a
2: We need to understand that sometimes people buy for the silliest of reasons or the minutest reasons. I made a sales call many years ago on a training company, on a company that needed a lot of training. Uh, we'd done some work with them before. They liked what we did. They recognized the benefits from there. Uh, but as they were talking, there were four partners, they back and forth, you know, and uh, they couldn't come to a decision. And uh, they said, well, uh, we'll... Uh, you know, we, 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 we're going to buy, we know, but uh, one day we'll just get around to it and do it. I said, In other words, when you've got around to it, is that what you're telling me? That you'll go ahead and order. And he said, That's what I'm saying. Well, at that time, my business card just happened to be round. And on one side of it, it has T U I T. That's for to it. Now I said, You just told me that you would buy as soon as you got around to it. My friend, here is your round to it. Incredibly enough, they bought. Now, suppose I'd walked in and say, "I know you guys are going to buy this as soon as you get around to it, so here's around to it. I-, I had to make the sales talk first, didn't I? But all I'm saying is sometimes for the simplest and sometimes the silliest of reasons, they will go ahead and buy. Now the reason I mentioned Ben Feldman a moment ago, he said you make the sale when the prospect understands that it will cost him more to do nothing about the problem than to do something about the problem. Well, many years ago when my son was five or six years old, he wanted a bicycle. So we went bicycle shopping. Now this is where you get your talking pad out. And uh, we went down and we looked at the quality bike and the price. Now this was a number of years ago. It was about thirty years ago. Uh, the bicycle, the quality bicycle, cost sixty-four ninety-five. Well, for a kid just learning how to ride a bicycle, you're going to bang it up anyhow. You're not going to spend that much money. So we did the prudent thing. Quote: We went down and uh, bought the cheap bicycle for thirty-four ninety-five. Well, about uh, three weeks later, he'd uh, fallen a few times, and the handlebars broke. Fortunately, they were still in warranty. We went down, and they uh, gave us new handlebars. A couple of months later, uh, he fell too many more times, and the handlebars broke again. And the warranty was out, so we invested four dollars and a half in the new handlebars. Couple of months after that, the sprocket and all of those little gears and chains and stuff, it uh, went out. They told us it'd be $15. Well, at that point, we threw in the towel. We had, uh, for him riding that bicycle, six months. It had cost us $54.45 and $9 a month. Now, the answer right here that I'm getting at, when a prospect says the price is too high, you ask the question, are you talking about price or cost? See, price is a one-time thing. Cost is an ongoing uh, thing. We then went down and bought that quality bicycle And it was one of those with the handlebars that you could raise way up. They called them dirt bikes, and I don't know if any of you are old enough to remember when they had those little dirt bikes out. But he rode that bicycle until he was fifteen years old. Didn't ride it as much, but he kept riding that bicycle. The only other expense we ever had on it was to buy a couple of new tires, and that had nothing to do with the quality of the bicycle. And as I diagram this to you, when you're doing this, you need to diagram with your prospect. So in other words, the quality bike costs six dollars and a half a year of the cheap bike cost us nine dollars a month. Mr. Prospect, are you interested in price? Or are you interested in cost? Now many companies can beat us on price. Nobody's gonna beat us on cost if that is a true statement. A number of years ago also, uh, the little copier we had, all of a sudden our business exploded and we needed to buy a new copier. The one we had would do one copy at a time and it had uh, seen its day and uh, it required, uh, we wasted a lot of paper and it never was really uh, very clear and good. We recognized that we needed a new copier. Now, here was the way we ended up figuring this thing. Now, when we started, our copy or bank account uh, didn't have anything in it because we hadn't bought anything. Now, what we figured was we would save a minimum of two hours a day, and that was minimum. We were doing an awful lot of it. They didn't have these quick print places all over town. They didn't have any of those things. $5 an hour, that meant $10 a day that we were saving. (laughs) When you put it together uh, 250 days a year, we were in business, that meant at the end of the year now you're showing your prospect this sort of thing. Uh, our copier bank account now has 2,500 dollars in it. And the end of the second year, had 5,000. end of the third year, it was 7,500. end of the fourth year, we had10,000 dollars, and we had the copier. Now, had we not bought the copier, our copier bank account would have had 10,000 in it the first year, 7,500 dollars the second, 5,000 in the third, 2,500 dollars the fourth, and nothing in it the fifth, and we didn't have the copier. And so when you use this kind of thing with a prospect, let me ask you, since you're going to pay for this service anyhow, whether you get it or not, doesn't it make sense? Since you are going to pay for it, go ahead and get it now. Ask the question, that leads to the decision. Uh, Let me also uh, point out as we look carefully at uh, all of these things that we are talking about, I wanna tell you another sales story because it contains, again, so many sales lessons. Uh, Back in 1974, I decided I wanted a new Cadillac. I had been looking at them. I talked to a friend of mine and he said, well, if you're going to buy a new automobile, don't do anything until you've talked to Chuck Bellis at Myers Cadillac. Uh, you can absolutely depend on Chuck. Whatever he tells you, is going, you can absolutely depend on it. It's 100% true. Now, this uh, presentation right here, this part of it I'm making, in an effort to share with you that when you practice certain principles, closes are easier. I'll never get the finest compliment I ever received as a salesperson. I had made the sale. I was prospecting asking the lady who could I go see that would also be interested. I said, now, as you know, I'm going to treat everybody with courtesy and respect. If they buy, that's fine. If they don't buy, I'll guarantee you I will leave there and we'll be friends. I don't use any pressure. She said, that's right. She said, you're the nearest nothing to a salesman I think I have ever seen. <laughs> now, why was that the finest comment I'd ever received? She had just bought everything we sold. But she bought it, I didn't sell it. See, when you have that service concept and when you have developed that trust, When a good friend has sent you there, then you're already in pretty good position. See, get the prospect, you're on first base. Get the appointment, uh, you're on second base. Uh, Make the presentation, you're on third base. But it's not until you go home that you score. Up until then, everybody's time is being wasted. So let me uh, share with you the story about Chuck Bellis. I uh, said to the man who's recommended him, I said, uh, call old Chuck since you know him, tell him I'm a good guy, treat me right, and I'm on my way over there. Well, when I got there and pulled into the driveway or pulled in their lone parking spot, there stood this really neatly dressed gentleman who was smiling from ear to ear. He walked over and he said, you got to be Zig Ziglar. And I said, yes, I am. He said, Mr. Ziglar, let me start by telling you you're driving one of the most beautiful cars I think I have ever seen. It's absolutely gorgeous. And it was. It was a luxury Oldsmobile, 2 tone brown with all of the good stuff on it. He said, man alive, this is a gorgeous car. He said, it's a delight to have you here. He said, uh, I want to show you what we've got to offer. And the good news is we've got such a large inventory today, I believe we're going to be able to make a trade. He said, Teddy, why don't we do this? Let me get the appraiser and we will uh, let him appraise the car and then we will talk business.
0: Thankfully, the days of building a business website then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to dot com. Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin.
2: Well, he got in the car with the appraiser and they went wherever they go when they appraise automobiles and when he came back, this dude was grinning from ear to ear. And I got to tell you, a thought ran through my mind. Old Chuck loves this car so good, I might get a steal out of this deal. Maybe they'll even give me money in the trade. I mean, uh, that, that selfish thought ran through my mind. I didn't let it stay very long, but it ran right on through my mind. Old Chuck stepped out of the car, you know, and he said, Mr. Ziegler, the car on the inside is even more beautiful than it is on the outside. You have taken wonderful care of this car. And when he got out when he closed the door. He stood there in amazement that it had so much quality in it. He opened the door and he closed it again. He said, man, alive, the way this car is in condition, we're going to be able to make you a deal today that absolutely is unbelievable. And then he got his pen out. You know, they do some figure two, and he started writing. And he, and he started out, his face was in neutral, but after he'd figured a couple of minutes, you know, it, it, it kind of went in reverse, and a slight frown appeared on his face. And the longer he figured... Uh, the uglier the frown guy. Matter of fact, I'd never seen such a high concentration of ugly in one spot (laughs) as old Chuck had. And I kept thinking to myself, you know, hey, something's wrong here. I'm not going to be able to make this deal after all. But I'll give old Chuck credit. He's persistent. He kept figuring and he kept figuring and he kept figuring. And slowly but surely, the smile started to come back. And he looked at me with that big old grin. And he said, now remember, this was in 1974, I believe it was. He said, Mr. Ziegler, he said, because of the inventory we have, because of the marvelous condition of your car. We're going to be able to trade with you for just $73.85. I screamed like a stuck pig. (laughs) Now, my friend had been telling me about the price of automobiles, but they were talking about their cars and their money. This guy now is talking to me about my money. That's an entirely different subject. I said, Chuck, man, alive! that is an expensive transaction. It costs a lot of money. Chuck never panicked. He just looked at me and he said, Mr. Ziegler, is it too much? Now, was he asking me? if this is beyond your financial capability to handle this transaction, be a man and just say so. <laughs> or was he saying uh, to me, Mr. Zegler, I know that you're a prudent man, you like to make good decisions, and you like to get the things that are in your best interest. Now, if he was saying that, I'd plead guilty. You think I'd ever admit I couldn't pay for it? Well, shucks, no, and your prospects are not going to do it either. Well, when he said the $7,385 and I screamed, he said, Mr. Ziegler, what do you think would be a fair price between your wonderfully taken care of four-and-a-half-year-old luxury Oldsmobile in change for our beautiful new Sedan DeVille Cadillac? And I said, well, Chuck, I've always believed in round numbers. I think $7,000, if that includes a tax, that would be a fair price. He looked at me and he said, Mr. Ziegler, he said, I don't think there's a chance in 7000000 million. You're talking about uh, cutting off the 385 cutting off the 350 in sales tax. You're talking about over $700. There's no way we could do that. But let me ask you a question, Mr. Ziegler. If the appraiser should go along with you, are you prepared to drive this car home with you tonight? And it suddenly hit me. That old boy's serious about selling automobiles. <laughs> and I did... The same thing your prospects do to you on many occasions when you've been doing some negotiation, you know. When you make them the deal, make them the offer, they'll start crawfishing. That's that's what I did. I said, oh, Chuck, I don't know. My money just don't come that easy. And $7,000, that's a whole lot of money. And the thought came through my mind, is that the color I wanted? Did I want a Sedan DeVille or did I want a, another mile? All of those kind of questions. I said, I don't know about that, Chuck. And he didn't say anything, but he got his talking pad and he said, Mr. Ziegler, let's start here on the 7385. He said, Now, I'm absolutely certain that we can make you that offer. We've already made you that offer. And Mr. Ziegler, we don't back out on our offers mildly dangerous. But just mildly because he had been warned that uh, I was guilty on occasion of pulling both legs at the same time. So he, he knew something about his prospect, you see. Uh, we don't back out on our deal. But Mr. Ziegler, we'll talk about this seventy-three eighty-five because I know we can make you that deal. Now let me tell you what it boils down to. At that price, figuring it out, Four and a half years, it means that you've only invested $600 a year the last four years in driving this incredibly beautiful, high-powered Osmobile. And he said, Mr. Ziegler, you can't even drive a Chevrolet that cheap. And I thought to myself, Ziegler, you clever rascal. Those other people who pay 600 bucks a year to drive a Chevrolet. You've had the finest Oldsmobile on the market, and it only costs you $600 a year. What a bright guy you are. And then I realized what he was doing to me. I said, Chuck, <laughs> man alive, that's still too much money. He said, Well, I'll tell you what I'll do, Mr. Ziegler. He said, I'll go back to the appraiser and present your case. And I want you to know, I really hope we can make a deal because I believe it will be in both of our best interests, but I'm gonna tell you, the odds are against it. Well, he disappeared for a few minutes. He came back and he said, this is kind of embarrassing. The appraiser had an emergency at home and he had to immediately go home. So he said, let me ask you a question, Mr. Ziegler. Will you be able to sleep tonight, not knowing whether or not you've bought this beautiful new (laughs) Sedan DeVille Cadillac? I said, Chuck, somehow or another, I think I'll struggle through. He said, now normally we don't consider it sold until the papers have been signed and the contract has been okayed. We normally get people to make a deposit or do something as a good faith thing that, yes, you are serious. But he said, if I'm reading you right, Mr. Ziegler, I believe you're a man of integrity. And if you tell me that, yes, if it includes everything for the $7,000, you'll buy this car. Am I reading you right, Mr. Ziegler? Now, was I was going to say, no, Chuck, actually, I'm a big liar. I'm just teasing you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, no, you describe me perfectly, Chuck. That's exactly what I'm going to do. He said, I'll call you first thing in the morning. Next morning, at, uh, when I walked in my office at 8.30, the phone was ringing. It was Chuck Bellis on the phone with a lot of enthusiasm. He said, Mr. Zengler, I got wonderful news for you. We're going to be able to make the swap, including everything, for just $7,200. I knew then I'd bought the car for my $7,000. You can put this in the bank and take it there and deposit it. When people compromise once, whether it's on price or morality, the second compromise is down the road. I said, Chuck, I was so pleased yesterday when you complimented me so sincerely that I was a man of integrity, that my word was my bond. He said, are you telling me that $7,000 is all you're going to give? I said, Chuck, We're communicating. We're on the same page right now. He said, I'll get back to you in a minute. He called me back and he said, "Do you want me to bring you the car, or will you come pick it up?" I said, "Chuck, I like to have them delivered." Well, I'm telling you, it was really, a, it was quite an experience. But, but let me tell you why I tell this story in such detail. Let me let me share with you what had happened there and why all of this is so important. Not one time did he ever ever get in an argument with me. There are actually 20 four lessons 25 lessons in this little story first of all his reputation got me there you see my friend had said to him uh mr ziggler you can count on what chuck has to say our whole conversation lasted less than 20 minutes but chuck had been working on me for 22 years because 22 years earlier, he had made the decision he was going to sell Cadillac automobiles for a Roger Meyer Cadillac. And he did until they went out of business. <laughs> or they were bought out here some little while back. So with his reputation, most of his business was repeat business. And that reputation was important. The way he was dressed, he greeted me professionally dressed and with a great big smile. He bragged on my previous purchase. The most foolish thing any salesperson can ever do is criticize another purchase that they had made previously. What you're saying is, you dummy, why did you fall victim to that sort of thing? You know what their first thought's going to be? Yeah, they did take advantage of me, but friend, I got my eyes on you, and you're not going to take advantage of me. You can absolutely count on it. Listen, he bragged to the high heaven about my wisdom. He had inquired of me and asked me some questions. You mind telling me where you got this car? I said, well, my neighbor called the street is a General Motors executive. He said, did you get uh, one of those executive cars? I said, yes I did. He said, hey I bet you got a good deal didn't you? I said, as a matter of fact I did and I told him the price I'd paid for it. He said, man that was a good deal. i tell you what else it did. I just loaded the first barrel of his sales shotgun. He asked the question, I answered it. Now he's ready. We ask questions and they will tell us what it's gonna take uh, to sell them. It was quite an experience. What did you
1: learn from the story? Is there something that you can apply today to your job to make you a better salesperson? Whether you are selling ideas to your boss, your kids, or selling the next corporate initiative to your staff, remember we are all in sales in one way or another. So go sell somebody something today. I'm Blake Lindsay, reminding you to please share the Ziegler podcast with somebody this week. I believe they'll be glad you did. Until next week, live your life to the fullest.
2: Ziggler Zig-
0: inspiring true performance.